0: Hey dude!
1: No, what's going on? Uh, how, how you feeling today?
0: Well, emotionally, I'm <laughs> troubled, and then physically, I'm not too good either.
1: Well, I'm 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 a little wobbly. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> All right, then I'll add in I'll add in uh, I'll add in Tony here, and he can be appropriately miserable. There we go. <laughs> hey, this
2: is Josh. Just leave me a name and a number.
1: I'll call
0: Whoops. you back. Uh oh, Josh. Whoops. At the him, please record your
1: message. I think I just missed. I must have just mistyped. Not not that it wouldn't have been fun to confuse Josh.
0: Well, maybe it was the Tennessee quarterback. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hi.
1: Hello. 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 How's it going? Good.
0: How's it going? Who who is this?
1: Is it Josh? Uh, This is Josh. (laughs) Okay, I'm so confused. He must have given me the wrong number. I'm sorry. We have sorry, the wrong Josh. number. I apologize. Have a good day, Josh. He, he typed his own number wrong. <laughs> uh, 338. Now, if this is Josh, I'm going to feel like a jerk.
0: <laughs> well, we should talk to him if it is Josh.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, so, sorry, man. Josh may be making a uh, cameo appearance on our podcast.
0: I have a feeling you're correct.
1: <clears throat> All right. This should be right. There we go hello hey hello. how's it going man pretty good how are you how was the party uh, It was good it was good it was good sorry we're a little delayed we had a little uh, a little tech issue but then we also uh your your number was one off in your text message so uh we're gonna have a cameo appearance from by a man named josh
2: on this <laughs> podcast well josh is good people it's okay
0: Hi, Georgia football fans. My name is Scott Duvall, and this is episode 16 of the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts are Will Leach, Tony Waller, and, for one week only, Josh. (laughs) We all make mistakes, which leads me to my next point, and bear with me here. The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And two losses in a row by the Bulldogs have driven me to start quoting poetry in an effort to put these past two weeks into perspective for you and me. Similar to Will's plan in calling Tony for this podcast recording, he got Josh instead. Similar to my plan of recording this introduction in my studio, but because of technical difficulties, I'm having to use my iPhone instead. And similar to Georgia running out to a 21-point lead versus Tennessee, adding to it and cruising to an easy victory, the dogs ended up falling short after a furious volunteer comeback. In case you're wondering, the quote I read comes from Scottish poet Robert Burns from his poem To a Mouse, and is an idiomatic proverbial expression used to signify the futility of making detailed plans, when the ability to fully or even partially execute them is all but uncertain. (laughs) Wow, that's a mouthful. We'll see how that goes over with you, the listeners. But we'll get started in just a second, and before we do begin... I think I can speak for Will and Tony both in saying that our thoughts and prayers go out to Nick Chubb and his family for a fast and full recovery from the injury he sustained on Saturday. Keep your head up, Nick. And now, here's Will.
1: Do you feel worse about this than you did
2: about Alabama? Absolutely, because... uh yeah, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of low reasons, the biggest reasons, our defense was terribly up today. Yeah. There's no excuse for Josh Dobbs going off for 430 yards of individual offense. Just none. I, I can't give a head around it. And if you look at the message board, everybody wants to talk about our offense, losing Chubb. Um, our bigger issue is that we yet again went into Tennessee and allowed. And Dobbs was a better athlete than Jonathan Crompton, but we basically got Crompton, and we let them. And our tackling was bad. We took bad lines. On We took bad angles. We held Jalen heard to something like, what, 44 yards on 20 carries or something? That's crazy. But Josh Dodd's got 118 on 20 carries, so or a fewer carries. It's just crazy. Our, our defense is terrible. You can point at the Chubb entry as a reason our offense stagnated, but realistically, we lost that game because of defense.
1: And how about you, Scott? Do you feel, uh, did this depress you more um, than than Alabama? Because I really felt last week, it was like, man, that's the most depressing podcast we'll ever do, and I don't actually feel that way now.
0: Well, I'm definitely a glass half full kind of guy in general, but depression is not even a strong enough word for it. I don't have a word to describe really how I feel. I just feel horrible, and I'm sure everybody else in the Bulldog Nation does too, about possibly career ending injuries that happen, how could it not affect the team the way it did? You know, when you're a dyed-in-the-wool Georgia Braves, Falcons, and Hawks fan, you just continue to get your emotions stomped on year after year, and it begins to wear on you, and I, I guess I've built up some kind of callous to where now, you know, I just kind of take it.
1: Yeah, and we haven't even talked about Nick Chubb yet, who it appears, he, I think, the according to his Facebook Facebook. Message from his mother. He did, in fact, tear his PCL. I think they're actually even going to wait two weeks, according to her post, uh, two weeks to even for the swelling to go down to even have the surgery. You know, I don't know if it actually affected this particular game that much. Sony Michelle actually played pretty well, and it didn't seem like there was like an immediate hangover. In fact, they jumped out to that lead, but certainly, regardless of this game it stinks for for Georgia but more than anything it, it stinks for him it looks like it's going to be a long road back tony what did you think when you saw that injury it, it, it's you know, you know it's a bad injury when the next day, there are all these stories of here are people's tweets reacting to watching Nick Chubb's injury. You knew you knew that it was pretty serious. It, it wasn't like a classic like gross thing. It just felt it just looked uh, so brutal and immediately was so serious, obviously serious. That I think that is it was certainly a difficult thing to watch in real time. Tony, oh, did we lose Tony?
0: Let's call Josh back.
1: Yeah, we'll talk to Josh. <laughs> I think we lost Tony. All right, I'll, mm. I'll, hey guys, oh, sorry he about that. Oh, I'm, no. I'm
2: here. I'm here. Okay. You, yeah. Would... So I, I, let me see if I can re- recreate my rant. <laughs> okay. um, you know, there was CBS actually showed one one time they had a reverse angle on that shot, and it was bad. it was bad. Uh, and that was a screenshot that you saw circulated around that some some guys we thought it was bad. Here's the thing. Here's what I saw. We looked terrible after that. The whole team was down after that, and. There were a couple of huge momentum swings. The first was the the fumble return for the touchdown, where suddenly we we're like, oh my gosh, we have life. Um, and then of course the Michelle fumble. And after the Michelle fumble, it looked like we were just we were in a, a cat fight and we weren't gonna get out of it. And you know, we can talk about we can talk about bright spots and frankly, I think Grayson Lambert played well in this game. I mean, when we had ninety nine and three quarters yards to go, my, my first thought was no way we get close on this. Oh my God, if we didn't get close, it's hard to see a guy like Nick Chubb, who is a, you know, a knowledge leader, great guy, had to go lucky guy basically passed out on the sideline and then cry. And that's really hard as the teammate to see. I, I think you have to think it affected the psyche, but then we got the momentum back with the, with the return for the touchdown. And then we lost it again on the, when we just let them basically Alabama scoring 14 quick points and, it's, you know, I'd I like to say it was just special teams. It wasn't. It was defense, too. But we have a long way to go. I mean, I was acknowledged wrong. I'm acknowledging why I was wrong about this team and what we could be. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with – it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. A lot of that has to do with the defense.
1: Yeah, I agree. That is the concern for me in this. It's not – like the offense, frankly, did all right. You could be considered, you know, I've been hammering Lambert all year, but I thought he looked fine. And, uh, and frankly, the offense, and we can probably talk about that drop pass. Uh, this is probably time to do it, actually. Certainly, he put them in a position to win or at least get, to get this game tied up. And frankly, you know, you wonder how different of a conversation. We're obviously still sad about Chubb, but you wonder how different the conversation that we're having today is if he catches that ball, which was right in his hands.
2: Yeah, I think Reggie, and Reggie was, uh, if you see, there's a little video out there where he was practically crying, taking blame for that, uh, which is a tad unfair, although you got to catch that ball. There were times where Grayson Lambert still looked afraid to get hit. I think very telling. There was an offside call where a guy was coming into the backfield, and the whistle had blown like four seconds before, and the Tennessee guys just ran at Grayson, and Grayson like dropped the ball and ran him backwards. So I'm like, the whistle's blown, dude you really not afraid to get hit, because that's, that's what we see in the pocket class. I mean, he has no presence. Now, our offensive line played much better in the second half than they did in the first half. I think that attributed to, to some of Lambert's things. I thought he showed a lot of poise that last drive. I mean, he stood in there. He did take a couple of hits, and he delivered a couple of strikes. I mean, just really nice passes. And for that matter, the last throw was a fairly nice one. It's just, it just was not double coverage, which you knew was going to happen because it was Malcolm Mitchell.
1: And generally that's the largest concern about this is, you know, we've been saying all year, obviously we've been, It's at this point, it's clear that we've uh, we overstated what Georgia had this year. But to me, you're right. That is the discouraging part of this. And listen, Jordan Jenkins was hurt. He didn't finish the game. They're not quite sure where he's going to be next week. But I don't think there's any question that, you know, we've talked about how, you know, everything is set up and everything is in place. They just need the quarterback to step, uh, to be able to just be average or slightly above average, and this thing is working. But, you know, he was more than that yesterday. They, they, he wasn't perfect, but he was, he, he not only put, did not put the in a position to lose, but almost brought them back to win. Is this something, is this an off day for the defense, or is this something endemic moving forward, whether it's, Pruitt, or whether it's the players, what were we wrong about with this defense, or were we? It was it just a bad game?
0: I don't know if it's just the defense. I mean, sure they look pretty awful, but I think it's just the fact that if I felt it, I'm sure that the team or you know the coaching staff felt it because as Tennessee was coming back uh, or you know posting those 14 points at the end of the second quarter. I almost felt like we were down by 14. It just felt like, you know, the life was being sucked out of us. And even when they came up and tied it, it felt like we were down by 21 points. And maybe it was because they came back from a 21-point deficit and were able to do exactly what we didn't do last week against Alabama Mm -hmm. because it was very similar, you know, lead and feel to it. The way Alabama was dominating us, you know, it was almost like a reversed script uh, in, in our favor. But, you know, it just felt like it was slowly slipping away. The interesting thing is you probably saw TCU last night against K-State. I mean, they were down by double digits, but watching them, they just had this moxie. Maybe it's their quarterback, Boykin, definite leader and Heisman candidate is where you kind of knew, hey, they're going to win this game. And the same thing with Alabama, you know, they're sleepwalking against Arkansas, but they come back and take control. And that's what good teams do. We are not a good team. <laughs> I hate to say that. I pause as I say that, but we're just not a very good team. And it's the same thing has happened year after year.
2: Yeah, I, I think one thing I would add to that is that uh, the bigger concern to me is that defensively, I think, to answer your question, Will, is that we have a lot of young players. It's hard to see them tackle worse in the sixth game of the season than they did in the first five. I mean, we tackled better against Alabama than we did against Tennessee. We took better lines. We played more aggressive on the defensive line. Yeah, i have to go back and watch. You have to give Tennessee credit. I mean, Dobbs had a great game. There's no way around it. I mean, he, he just had a very good sense of where to put the ball. Uh, they the, the board had a great game plan, figured out where our, our teams were in our zone coverage. Uh, and probably as importantly, their defense actually played pretty well. I've made plenty of fun of Jancic and, and Martinez. But, you know, <laughs> if you had to pick which team was coached by Willie Martinez just based on how they looked like they were tackling it would have been Georgia. Because we missed way too many tackles. We took too many, way too many bad lines. We tried to tackle people high way too many times. Now, does that mean I think we should fire Pruitt? I call him Greg Pruitt on the blog. It's wearing Jeremy Pruitt. (laughs) No, of course not. I I mean, people have, we we have bad games. But I think the bigger difference, and uh, Scott pointed out two good examples last night, is great teams win games when they don't play well. And Georgia's not a great team. We're just not. We're not right now. Can we be a great team? I think it's an open question, but you know, I think the fact of the matter is, is that we're, at least now we get to go back to enjoying football for football and being mad about stuff, like instead of every single little thing. But it's hard because I think all of us thought—I mean, we we said it on the podcast—we all thought this was going to be a special season. We laid out some reasons why. Um, it turned out that nearly every single one of those reasons was wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Tony, you know what's going to end up happening? Georgia is still going to no, be. No, and we're going to run gonna run the st-
2: table. Florida's gonna lose another game crazily and we're gonna end up, you know, on a three way tie for first place and, and go to Atlanta on a tiebreaker that involves point differential against Andy or
0: something. There you go. That's about that's exactly what I was about to say. Because Florida goes to Baton Rouge next week, they're probably gonna lose, hopefully, fingers crossed, and then Tennessee has to travel to Tuscaloosa next uh, on the twenty fourth. And then and then it's back in our control. We need and who am I to speak for the dog nation, quote-unquote, but we've got a night game versus an SEC East opponent that is going to be loaded for bear against us because they see a wounded animal, uh, a wounded dog, and we got a night game. The Georgia fans need to come in there, show their support. The season is not over, and be as loud and rowdy in that stadium as possible, and let's get this thing back on track because it is going to happen. It's going to happen where Florida's going to trip up and Tennessee's going to trip up, and then that Florida game in, what, two weeks is going to be basically there for the taking uh, to be in the SEC's lead.
2: I think you're right, Scott. I think the thing about it to me is, if we have played from the situation before, but I think a lot of Georgia fans are, are like, oh, fire Rick or fire blah, This Something's got to change. And, you know, I, it's, I, I guess I have to go on a mini rant here. Well, I was joking about a rant earlier. There was been a couple of comments because Rick snapped to the reporter last night. I thought it was fair to snap at the reporter, one, he he was a Tennessee student and was training for the AP, and two, the way he asked the question, I haven't seen video, I just just heard a little snippets. Um, Like, oh, Mark Rick, who's uptight now? I'm like, look, guys, you can't have it both ways. You can't have Mark Rick this passionate, and then he never shows emotion. And then when he shows emotion, like, attributes some sort of bad thing to it. You know, I, I think Mark Rick cares. I think they certainly have the tools at their disposal the great part about it is some of the stuff they can fix. I mean, you can teach tackling, you can work on hanging onto the ball and some stuff you can't fix. Nick Chubb's lost for the season. Our quarterback situation is our quarterback situation and our youth is our youth. I think we just have to figure out how to play with them ourselves. And we still have at the minimum five games are easily winnable or four games are easily winnable. And you know, one more that well, we're on the fifth game of the season. So two more that are, are, I think we are one more we can win. So I think you're right, Scott. There's there's opportunities out there. It's just really a matter of um, – I, I hope Georgia's team keeps their head about them far better than our fans have. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I'll say this, and I agree and, You know I, that there is still a path. There's even a certainly a very possible path. It works out well the way that Florida's schedule is, has the rest of the way and who Tennessee has the rest of the way. To me, the problem is Georgia. <laughs> like
2: right now. Like, yeah, no, yeah I, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. You're as dispassionate as you can be for the, the three of us. I mean, what do you see as the likely outcome?
1: Listen, I, we can all we can all talk about, like, Georgia would do this and Georgia would do that and they would sneak in the back door. But, you know, looking at that team yesterday, that doesn't look like a team that's going to beat Florida. That doesn't look like a team that's going to, like, right now, I'm not sure it's a team that beats Georgia Tech. You know, uh-huh. and, and... We'll beat Tech.
0: Tech looks well, awful. Tech can't do anything right well,
1: now. But, like, that's the point. Well, well, like, right now, Georgia, Georgia can't stop anybody. And that's the thing that they had. And, like, listen, great, Michelle plays well and so on. But, like, okay, Michelle plays well and he fills in that. This is still a game. Tennessee was a dead team walking coming into this game. And, t- and Tennessee pushed them around. You know, so for me, like, I get it and I see how it still lines up and I know that there's the talent still to make it happen with this team but I have to say it is a hard thing for me to believe that George is going to be able to run the table with the way things
2: have gone the last two weeks.
1: And they're going to need to with
2: this scenario
1: that we're talking about.
2: I have a hard time arguing with that with that assumption, you know, the, the only game that really concerns me is the game in Jacksonville. I think the other Missouri is an SEC East team, but they, they've looked even way worse than Tennessee. They actually look South Carolina bad um, <laughs> last night Um you know, Georgia Tech, looks South Carolina bad, frankly, in half for four games. No, they played some very good teams. So I'm not going to discount that. So, you know, basically, those are the two games I'm worried about. If, I mean, Auburn can get their stuff together and we just, then we could be faced in the seven and six season or seven and five season. I think realistically, you know, in the order of two more losses is about the max you'd see in my mind. Uh, and, and I say that as, as dispassionately as possible just because we, uh, you know, I, I guess we could go off the rails. I mean, certainly in the way we thought Tennessee's season had. So, and, and I, I, maybe I
1: can't. But, I mean, like if, if there are two more losses, which, I, I mean, to me, if I had to predict, I would guess there will be one more loss. I, I agree with you that A is the better team. Uh, it should be favored the rest of the games. But, frankly, they've been favored every game this year, and they've lost two of them already. So, you know, uh, yeah. I can see one more loss. But if they lose two more games – I mean, the roars around here are not going to get quieter.
2: Right. Well, you know, Will, you and I, we, we place a lot of faith in Bill Connelly's stats and SP S&T Plus, particularly. Tennessee was only four spots behind Georgia. And I'm not making excuses about that. I think I think we should have won that football game. And talent wise, we're ahead. And frankly, momentum wise, we were ahead even with the losses to to Alabama. Um, but there's really only one more team that, SM, when you look at the SP numbers, that we we would be what dog to and that's Florida, you know all the rest of you know Missouri was in the you know low to mid fifties, Georgia Tech was in the upper fifties, uh, Auburn was in the forties. So and you know after yesterday, um, offensively we played we played fairly well, defensively we were a hot mess. So you know I don't think we're going to fall much below the twenty nine or thirty where we were. Now that's all to say all that stuff can change because last year we, we blew games that we had no business blowing as uh, S and P plus five or six in the nation. All
1: right. So basically what we've learned here is that all those past podcasts of earlier ones we did, where well, we were all excited. Just pretend you didn't hear those and delete them <laughs> from your phone. If you have the opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you don't
2: mind, please, time, time, please kindly time, and thank you.
1: Yes, exactly. Or just, or just at the end of all of them, just go not, and then let <laughs> be. Uh, just, we'll just pretend we did that. Uh, it's a good. It's a. It's a good joke. It's a. It's like because it refutes what you did earlier. Uh said earlier, and it makes it funny. <laughs> all right, guys. I don't have the heart, and frankly, I had a, I had my birthday party that Scott was at on Saturday night. I'm a little hungover, so this is probably all. And, and yesterday is my fortieth birthday on Saturday the uh, uh the Illini lost Georgia lost the Cardinals lost and the US soccer team lost so oh. i was I, I i everybody wiped out for me on mm. on saturday so, so but other so, than that it was so fun. It's on your on
2: your four zero, you went zero and four. That's correct. That's correct. So uh so. almost Adam Jacoby esque kind yes. of fun. So. But the
1: good news is, is the day I die, all my teams will go undefeated. If we, if we continue <laughs> the inverse, philosophy. <laughs>
2: when, and chance, shockingly,
1: Shockingly, <laughs> win championships. So, 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 but, uh, I, the next, before the next national championship game that Georgia plays, one of you guys is going to hit me in the head with a shovel. All right. Well, we'll be back with our Georgia might not be in the championship chase anymore, but we are still going to be doing this podcast, and you guys should all stick with us and keep cheering along with Georgia. Don't don't get discouraged. It'll be fun. There's more football left to come. So, guys, we'll be back this week to chat to preview uh, Missouri and uh, hopefully to be less hungover and a little bit. uh, I all told, I think we've actually been a little cheerier than might be expected
0: in this. Yeah, yeah. How does Memphis sound in early January to you? Oh, I'd rather go to Shreveport because right now a couple of the sites have Georgia versus Kansas State squaring off in the Liberty Bowl.
1: Hey, wow. it's I mean it's no Ford Field, but it'll work. Um, all right, uh, all right. Well, have a great week, guys. We'll be back to tape uh, uh, this week. The, we'll stay discouraged. They still have a winning record. For crying out loud, Let, let's end with that. There we <laughs> go.
2: Happy
1: Happy birthday, man! Sorry I missed it. No worries. Thanks. Safe travels back. Go dogs! All right. See you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you tune in to us via iTunes, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast. We've received some awesome feedback thus far, and I would personally like to thank listeners such as Kyle McInnes, Dog Fan, and HoodDog75 for their recent reviews of Waitin' Since Last Saturday. Producing two quality shows a week takes time, and your kind words definitely make it worth the effort. If you're on Twitter and would like to tweet the show, you can do so at WSLS Podcast. Listen out first on Thursday as the three of us shake off the two disappointing losses and try to stay positive as we hope for the dogs to get back on track versus Missouri. Have a great week, and we'll see you on campus.